You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Welcome, Welcome to the Smoking Word. Welcome to the Smoking Word. What's up? What's up, everybody? Once again, the Smoking Word is back and brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. You know the deal. You know the rant. You hear that shit every week. That's my merch house. Everything is done in-house by yours truly. Make sure if you want to support me, support the show, or if you just want to look good, go there and cop some merch. To celebrate 2021, we made every T-shirt $21, and we actually got a couple of prints for 15 bucks because we're trying to make room with from. We want to make room with the old to make room for the new. So you know the deal, and um, make sure to follow me at Hoya Rock 357 on Instagram. Keep you up to date with everything Madball. You know the drill, Casa the Rock and the Smoking Word, and um. Everybody, I want you to go at the Smoking Word podcast on Instagram right now. You could hit us up if you have any questions, anything you want to say. If you want to curse us out, but you're gonna get this, you get this back. You could hit us up there. Um, and if you have any questions, you could also email us now at the Smoking Word podcast at yahoo.com. So, again, if you got any questions you want read on the show. Or if you got any questions for me or if you want to just, you know, shout anybody out, make sure to hit us up on that. And also, um, I want to give a, a shout out to um, Warlock Cabinets in Massachusetts. I got something in the works, everybody. So but I'm just going to give you a little a little I'm going to give you a little taste as we, you know, as things move on with that. And um, I also want to give a big, big shout out to my brother, Scorp and Monster Music. A lot of motherfuckers got a lot of things to say about corporate companies, this, that, whatever. But shout out to Monster Music for fucking looking out for more hardcore bands than so-called hardcore labels and all that other shit. So, yo, Scorp, what up? See you soon and viva la France. And I also want to shout out all our listeners all over the world. America, you know, we feel you. And also all my German uh English, all my French, Belgium, all my brothers and sisters around the world. We see you listening and tuning in. Make sure you tune in, subscribe, spread the word. You know the deal. Yeah, and um, I want to thank everybody who tuned into the last episode. I had a blast with my boy, Roy. If you didn't check that episode out, make sure you go back there and um, peep that out. And we got a lot of cool episodes. And I've been working on a lot of new I got a lot of new content about to drop on our YouTube channel. So don't sleep on it. You know, just right now we just have the, the, the podcast up, but we're about to do a couple some special shit on there. So keep up to date, follow up, you know, subscribe, follow the movement and all that good shit. And since we're celebrating Women's Month, I figured who better than Everybody, welcome to the smoking word. Kate 108. Let's set this shit off. To the smoking word. How you like my funky background, right? 
I got a really boring background in here because no, that's all I got. No, the difference is because, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, YouTube and Spotify don't sponsor you like they do me and paid for a multi-million dollar studio, as you see, that I'm in right now. You know, <laughs> with all this high tech, <laughs> look at what, as I disappear into the background. <laughs> I guess I could make myself look like I was in uh, like Hawaii or something. No, listen, right. But you, you know, I just figured out how to do this shit. And I said, fuck it. I don't give a fuck how it looks. I'm going to do it. It looks good. I like and it. I, I, you had like a cool background. I was a little like I'm in the conference room at Equal Vision and it's just like a gray wall. And I was like, should I hang something? <laughs> no, that's all right. So before I usually have my son's um, awards behind me and people yeah. all say, oh, wow, you got so many awards, but they're not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so they think like I'm in my den or something. I'm like, no, I'm in my room with my son's fucking awards. <laughs> but um, cool but yeah, what's up with you? How you been? I'm good. I've been, um, you know, like it's it's interesting because I've been I've been working again at Equal Vision, which I and I say by again, I mean, I never really did. <laughs> uh, but you got no choice. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, usually I teach yoga, so that's kind of set on hold for a while they've been doing a little bit more so i can't kind of came back and 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 uh started to do i actually started like the week of the the whole week of the shutdown because a truck like tractor trailers of t-shirts dumped <laughs> on our doting our loading dock literally so we were like you know steve's like i need help so it was just he and i for a while just like taking stuff off the the trucks and counting yeah. stuff. I yeah. So, know. so the, the, when, when, when this, I'm so tired of this COVID shit, but it is what it is. It happened when, yeah. when, you know, um, obviously we, too, we've, we've talked throughout this whole shit a little bit. We've always kept in contact. So I don't want to act fake on this and be like, Hey, how you been? We ha we haven't spoke cause we've kind of kept in touch <laughs> on what's going on, but not, and not in detail. Um, when this shit happened, obviously everybody felt it in one way or another, but, yeah. um, um, and for everybody that doesn't know, you work at e Equal Vision, you're, you're part of Equal Vision, you, and besides teaching yoga. So, you know, um, you guys have the, the what do you call that now? It's, it's a record company still or a merch company? Yeah, well, what, we what have like there's two parts to it. One is like we have a, you know, Equal Vision is still a rec regular record company. It's it's kind of like mostly does like post hardcore stuff, which is um you know, I never got, I never went post hardcore. I stayed hardcore. So I don't necessarily like know all the new bands and stuff, but um, I hope none of the new bands are listening to that because they might think I should know. But, <laughs> um, but um, yeah. And then we have merch now, which is like, so originally we just started making like seriously back when in the loft where I saw you and like yeah. whatever, where we hung out in 1994 or five, we started printing t-shirts and then like so we kind of just grew it and then we when it got too big we divided it and then we have a giant warehouse which is where i am right now um and yeah like something like eighty thousand square feet of shelves of t-shirts and then we have a print shop which is like pretty giant there's like i don't know i think there's like seven or eight like presses running and we have a direct to garment and all that but i i didn't really work here ever like i own half of it but yeah yeah i you know <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know, you're, you work on paper, your name's on the paper. That's yeah, on yeah. the paper. So, yeah. So um, <laughs> but I, I never really worked here. I kind of, I was a mom and then I taught yoga and then, but then when this whole COVID thing happened, it was like, 
we couldn't ha- we had to shut it down so only steve and i could be in the building mm. and the thing was we couldn't really really shut it down because we had just shipped like pallets and pallets of t-shirts to bands on tour uh. and then their tours got canceled and then the t-shirts have to go somewhere oh so okay they- so so you had nothing nothing to do with equal vision before this COVID. i mean no, obviously really- you're you know yeah. you, you know you, you talk and you got, you know, input and stuff or whatever. But in general, you weren't working there at all. No. You were just doing yoga and, and mom life. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you, you know, you know, yeah, obviously. No, I didn't really like I honestly really I, I didn't I, I really didn't do anything. I would come at Christmas time and help ship mail order when right. there was like a rush or whatever. But I didn't I wasn't involved in the business like pretty much at all. It's really all Steve. Yeah. He did all and, of this. And then, yeah, he's a he's an animal. He's a workhorse. He's and, um, kind of a crazy workaholic animal. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and also, but so, I mean, so how, did, did how did this screw that up at first? Was it that um you couldn't have um, the uh, you know your workers in the, the same building? What was it that? How did you guys get screwed at first, or did you or were you able to bob and weave at you know? Now yeah. I you know we found our yeah. ways, but at first, what was the the bumps you had to take? Well, it was weird at first because we, we actually had no template to follow. Like we had no exactly. clue what was going to happen. We just knew that, you know, March 5th or whatever, we, you know, we every day we're shipping out tons and tons of stuff. And we have, you know, like, I think, I, I don't know. We actually, we make like, like the knocked loose stuff or like, you know, different tours that were about to go out. I mean, they have some, sure they have other people doing their stuff and, in Europe and stuff like a lot of hardcore bands make uh, merch with us. Yeah. And so we had just shipped it all out to them and they were supposed to be on tour. And then when the, you know, when the clubs got shut and everything and then manufacturing got shut in New York state. So our business, we closed down and we thought it was the right thing to do, but we still had to do something about the U- UPS didn't stop the post office were So they just kept backing these giant trucks up to the loading dock. <laughs> so I said to Steve, like, like, also, I was a little panicked. I mean, we all were. I was like, what am I going to do all day? Yeah. But the kids were all home. Freaking John Joseph called me <laughs> at like 11 p.m. And was our daughter lives in New York. He's like, you got to get her out of here. Like, she has to get out of the city now. They're going to it's going to go into shutdown. And I was like all fuzzy about it. So yeah. she came home from college and then. um and my older daughter, who's an introvert who loves social distancing so much, it's like her dream come true. Uh, she was safe in Philadelphia. So I didn't uh, really worry about her. And then we kind of all we kind of all just like hunkered down. And then Steve and I would just go, the two of us, and we would just received all these shirts and we're counting the shirts back in. And we didn't know what we would do with them. We were like, if you haven't ever been to a t-shirt company, you can't really picture but you get these like five foot by five foot by five foot like square boxes of t-shirts and they were just piling up so we sold them all that was the good news yeah so the, the the and i have to say it gave me lots of kind of hope and faith in the whole music industry in general or pe- music fans really because they stayed with the bands and they backed them and they bought yeah. all their stuff because all this you know stuff says like whatever march 2020 tour probably those shirts will be worth something yeah 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 no for for sure i mean i'm I'm glad too you know everybody because uh uh, a lot of the 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 i I don't you know i say you know the 
I don't say fans. I hate that word. I really yeah, I don't do. know what it is. Like, I, I know. I know. I always say, you know, you know, you know, I always try to say our family, our fam or whatever you want. The people that follow us all the hardcore people, you know, the movement itself. I, right. You know, they, they definitely stepped up. And, you know, I got to say, you know, what, you know, what with my merch stuff and everybody else has their merch stuff. And, uh, you know, if it's uh, following the podcast, like everything is gaining momentum and and um, people been stepping up following you know, helping the bands out. Yeah, you know they I did. Mean? and I we were like, we were like, wow, this is actually this shows that the music for them is much more than some type of like consumer product. But for them, it they they stayed like they stayed loyal, and you know that it's so interesting how everything is connected because when there's no tours, that like every single person I know was completely affected in one way or the other, you know, and it's yeah. like, I'm sure everyone's sick of talking about COVID and I'm, uh, my, I, my best friend, Kari just goes, I'm so fucking sick of hearing about COVID because someone was talking about it. I was like, me too, but it's impossible yeah. to, to not, you know, it's just so interwoven, but anyway, yeah. So then we, we, then we kind of started to reopen and we, we kind of, we offer jobs to anybody that, you know, one thing is we do mail order. So when bands like, you know, orders when you go to like a band's website and you order like whatever it is, you know, insane clown posse. Yeah. <laughs> They're one of our big. Yeah. Shout out, listen, I don't hate on the juggalo nation. I don't hate on anybody because. No, exactly. Because <laughs> people like, looked at us the same way when we were kids looking, you know, the way yeah, we look. So. And so like they um, like basically like the. Basically, wait, what was I saying before? I said insane clown posse and got yeah. off. Yeah, no, about uh, doing the, you know, the, 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 with the t-shirts and everybody sticking with it. And... Yeah, they just like, you know, they just like, people kept ordering stuff and then like mail order. So mail order, you go to like insaneclownposse.com or whatever. And then you, when you mail order, it comes from here. Yeah. We ship it out. So the mail order <laughs> went crazy because people were stuck at home and we had just then my best friend, you know, she came and worked. And then like, we were just like four of us doing the work of, we used to have a hundred people in the warehouse. Yeah. We were like, there's like a, that shows you like a tally of the number of orders pending. Yeah. And for like about four months, we couldn't get below 25,000. Yeah. Crazy. Like, yeah, even that's... though we're shipping these, you know, and so like it, it's been weird and interesting because I, you know, I taught yoga and like, just like, you know, you guys tour like Madball's like one of my favorite bands and I can't wait to see Madball and you know, all, all these different bands. Like I love hardcore. So, but like in the, when I'm not doing that, <laughs> when I'm not doing that, I'm like at some girly yoga thing, like chanting or something, but I was still like touring around. I was like going to different countries. I was like, you know, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like a similar in some ways, except that they feed us really nice organic food and we sleep in these really clean beds and stuff. <laughs> yes, that's way different than a Mavel tour. I know. I've done I've done the other two. So I'm like, so every once in a while, some fucking tabla player is like complaining about touring. And I'm like, you're literally in a retreat center eating like three organic. Exactly. Yeah. Sleeping Chilling. in this fluffy, you know, so. Yeah, so I was a switch, but it was it's been kind of great for me because it's been good for my relationship with Steve. I mean, we had a good relationship before, but it's interesting seeing yeah. actually really knowing how hard he's been working. And I just 
gained that much more respect for what yeah like ladies out there ladies out there i want you to hear this i want you I to hear like, this listen that's he doesn't pick up the phone all the time <laughs> listen like, ladies not. i got a look, new pair of clogs <laughs> look at i'm all for girl power i love it i i was i had the strongest woman running my family my mom's i'm a i'm a i'm a big fan but ladies, it's okay to give props to the men out there. It's okay. You're not going to take it your worth. There's going to be not, no worth taken from you. You know, me too, you too, you know, all that. I hear you. But us too, the, the, the fathers. And it's interesting because I don't think I really got what he was doing. You know, he'd go to work and then he would come home. But like what he's doing is like, I mean, I mean, he's usually here like about 10, 10, 12 hours a day. And that's been forever. So that's really what it takes. And he's, you know, when this happened, he was like working on the loading dock. I mean, there's no jobs. We don't have like a division of labor where there's like fancy jobs and yeah. not fancy jobs here. Like he's on the loading dock. Yeah. We're hauling boxes. You know, um, now we got Mike Judge working and shipping. Yo, shout out to Mike. And and uh, uh, another thing I want to say to you guys, and, and and a shout out to Steve also. You know, I don't, I don't, I ain't blowing nobody up, but I know he gave a lot of people work, of our people in our world work, and that's yeah. um that that's big. You know, that's big, and you know, and he ain't a guy that 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 you know is on Instagram saying, "Yo, look what I did." You know, I know. So you know, yeah. so and and he's that type of guy, which you know I like, and I know for for a fact how he's helped other people we know in our world and. So how he would help out bands, you know, like I was about to say, because you were speaking about what he does in the whole merch world. It's 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 I know from just doing it out of my house, you got to be like a psychologist, a, yeah. a psychiatrist and all those psych psycho things. It ain't just selling T-shirts because dealing with bands, dealing with different moods, dealing with, you know, people you like um, dealing with business. You know, it's all you got to learn how to bob and weave. Because I'm on such a micro level and, and some people make me want to kill them. So right. I don't know how. Yeah, that's oh. interesting because just to print a T-shirt, like, as you know, because you have a merch company and I, I'm like, there's I'm literally wearing a New York hardcore shirt. Yeah, go. listen, <laughs> listen, yo, shout that out. That day goes by where I'm not wearing Casa <laughs> de Rock. Seriously, there you go. Like, I'm like sponsored by you. There you go. Yes. <laughs> that's why that's why I said I said. You know, to celebrate um Women's Month, yeah. I said let's reverse the roles, and I'm gonna get my cherry popped by a woman. And I said, who better than Chakra Khan? <laughs> so <laughs> I said, yeah, let me get you. People and, you don't know, know you, that you have a nickname for me, and that's yeah, what <laughs> exactly. Everybody, that's Chakra Khan, and and where your your chanograms. I got a lot of you know whatever words for you, for your whole shit. So we're gonna that's talk good. business. I want, I want to hear them. Maybe we can. Maybe now we're going to talk to Steve. Yo, Steve, Steve, you know, we're going to talk to some business. I went but, from, uh, I was Kate upstate and all that. That was no, I, I know Kate 08. I never heard of Kate upstate. That's a good yeah, one. Kate upstate was like the first, the first nickname. But yeah, but you, you're actually Lower East Side and everyone was like Kate L.E.S. Which yeah, I, I, yeah <laughs> I, and, and you know, it's funny because, um, you know, it's, you know, like everybody, I don't see color. I don't see gender. I don't see whatever, but I never thought about it. You know, and then somebody was like, yo, why you don't have any, you know, any girls in general? And I'm like, well, there's not a lot. I'm like, yeah, I know some. And then I'm like, okay, all right. And then I said, it's Women's Month. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I and then that. I said, but, you know, I was like, 
like because I don't think of and I, you know I just I just go down the line. I was like, all right, you know who who I got, and I think every every day I forget. You know, I know a lot of people that are cool people that I I want to bullshit with. Yeah, you know well, I mean, I, I was psyched. I mean, for me, like, you know, as a as a lifelong hardcore kid, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, you're like iconic in the in the get out of here, oh, get out of here. You can say handsomic. I'll take that, but, but I don't want to hear that. But, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, it's an interesting thing. I do. A, I have done a lot of podcasts because there aren't actually a lot of women in hardcore bands now. That's that's exactly. Changing. That's changing now, but like I was thinking about like when 108 went on tour, we did like 60 dates. That was when people used to do 60 dates. Yeah. And it was like 1992 or three. And there there was one other girl in any of the bands from playing 60 shows. And you know, hardcore bands have six, eight bands. Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know why, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know why. That is, you know, I don't know why more more women didn't get in bands. I'm always trying to crack the code of that. And that's that's shifted now. But you, you, yeah, you know, you know what I think? You know what I think is back then, you know, the, the guys were still really gorilla with probably not giving the girls a chance unless you were really outgoing girl. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you had to be the really crazy skin chick or the crazy, you know, to them to. All right. And then, you know, guys back then wouldn't give girls that much. You know, I, I know. It's just it's real. It's not no yeah. bullshit. You know how it is back then. It's you know, yeah, women always had a part. And women were always there was always a girl in a band, but there was never a bunch of them. And the girls, a lot of the girls in the early days. Well, when again, when I say early days, I don't mean early days. I started going to shows in 88, you know, so to me, early days are. The AF guys and all that shit, I, I know from even when I started coming to shows, there was always girls, but it wasn't the official hardcore girl kind of like now yet. It was still a girl who might have been, you know, she was a goth girl. She was a skin girl. She was a skate, you know, a punk rock. It kind of was still not officially where hardcore, you know, you are a hardcore girl because you loved hardcore music, but you still were like, you know, New Wave, Susie and the Banshees, but you'd go to a, you know, an AF show. You know, it was so weird back then. And then it became all of a sudden, but there was never a lot. No. You know, I had to like import friends from high school. I'd be like, you should like hardcore. So we can go to the show together or something. Cause there just weren't, there weren't a lot of other, and I, you know, I think part of it is, and this is an interesting thing, but, and then this might not be as true now, but like the music's really aggressive. The scene was really aggressive. So like, I mean, I was always like played aggressive sports. Like I would have played hockey if I could have, if they right. had hockey. Now they have hockey for girls, yeah. but yeah. I played basketball and like, I actually, I mean, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I was like, just like really fucking aggressive. So I was really good because I yeah. out aggressioned other girls at the sport. So like at the, you know, and, um, and, but it was interesting. I was thinking back, there wasn't like a fashion, there wasn't like a type of fashion. So I just, yeah, I just looked like a boy. I had like, yeah. a, I, I kind of like, I was, I had like a whole skinhead thing, like for a couple of years. And then when I was like transitioning out of that, I just looked like, I don't know, you know, I just had to like model my thing off of like, side more like camos or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Like there, it, it was still, it was still, you know, becoming a thing. Like, 
you know, yeah. all right, everybody now we know the joke, like, all right, hardcore guy, you know, um, basketball shorts and the thing. Okay, that that became, you know, the, the stereotype and the look or whatever. But before that, there wasn't that. It was still a hybrid, like you said. You might have yeah. wore camo. You might have looked. Um, more punkish one day you might look skinnish you know like a skin yeah you know one day the skins look like a rude boy that rude boy the next day comes with a hoodie like it was right you it's know, funny because it i i like I, I don't know if you know this about me but in 10th grade i went to germany to be an exchange student no you mentioned that that's what i was going to say so <laughs> for, for so first growing up when you 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 grew up upstate where you at like in the area you at now you that's where you grew I up i actually was so like it's interesting because i like where I lived upstate, the, the, I mean, like the how I got into like hardcore music and punk rock music was a people in our area in upstate, like a lot of like, not a lot at the time, but some people would have their summer houses from the city. Oh, okay. There were, there was a girl that who she still lives in Brooklyn and she was like a punk and like she got me. She basically like, I, I, I mean, I knew about it. I was interested, like anything that I saw that was like punk rock. I was like, I want to be that. But I actually met her when I was like nine and she was 14 and she was already like a cool punk. And this was like early eighties. So she took me to the first, the first time I went to, uh, like she took me to Danceteria when I was 12. So wow. was like that's a classic spot right there. <laughs> And then she she took me to CB's I was, when I was 12. So it was like 1985, we didn't stay. And then, but then at 1986, like I saw there was like Black Flag was playing in Albany. So I was like, I, I went because I, I wanted to like find this music. And then at that, that time it was like Dave Stein and uh, he was going to college in Albany. So there were yeah. like lots of cool shows and I saw, you know, I saw Agnostic Front. I saw like Seven Seconds. I saw Freddie. So, 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 yeah. So, because of her, she got you into going. She got me into like the concept of music and she gave me, I had like records from her. And then she somehow found Dave Stein's, like, I think it was Dave Stein. I actually don't really know, but it was like SUNY Albany punk rock radio show. So I would like Uh, tune in on my radio. I was living in like rural. Outside of Albany, you know, like not even like on a farm, like literally on like a hippie farm. And I was like tuning in to hear hardcore music. And I like, I was really into like the clash and stiff little fingers and all this punk, you know, stuff. And then like, like got into hardcore like then. And then the shows were happening in Albany. But Steve, yeah. I met Steve when I was in eighth grade, actually. And okay. he would take van loads of kids to the Rock Hotel. and. Somehow my mom, I guess because Steve looks like such an all-American kid or something. I'm like, Mom, can I go to the can she I go to the rock hotel with Steve? And she would like let us it seems so crazy. I was like at eighth, you know, somewhere between eighth and ninth grade or something, riding in a van, like with a bunch of punks from Albany to the city and like Great. no seats or anything. We were the the boys were like moshing around the van and Steve's like, calm down. <laughs> and then we, I, I could take the train to the city. So I would like, I had like a routine where I would like go to the anthrax on Friday. Like I had older friends that would drive or whatever. That was a little later. And then even before then I was too young to go to CBGB's. I had to make myself a fake ID out of my, yeah. my brother has a, the name Terry, which is like androgynous name. Yeah, so. yeah. I just cut out a little picture of myself and 
got a piece of packing tape and like made myself a fake ID because they started having that rule that you had to be 16 to go to CBs. You know? Oh yeah, I got thrown out many times. The, the, the funny thing about it, I got my ID. I'm kind of, I'm really actually proud of this because it's it's a little bit of old New York. I got mine in 40 set on 42nd Street in Times Square in an alleyway. Nice. You know, <laughs> I had to sneak in an alleyway and I had this these old like these older black dudes. They look like pimps, but they were like, yo, IDs, IDs. And I was I was like 15 years old and you had to be 16. Make me and, 16. And, and then I go sit. I know I said whatever it was, 18 years old. And I never forget this. We literally there's, you know, porno movie theaters. It was still like yeah, that. And then we're like, we went, yeah, we went in an alleyway. It was like a movie. Me and my god brother, an alleyway. The guy pulled out a camera, the old school camera with a big ass flash. <laughs> right. He, went, he took the picture and I and it was pretty expensive for back then, like like 25 bucks. You know, back then, 25 bucks. Like, you kidding me? You know, I was like, all right. And I remember I gave him the money and he goes, I'll be right back. And he left and I'm like, yo, did we just get jerked? Because I was already kind of, you yeah. know, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't that I wasn't gullible, but I was like, man, did we? and we literally waited like 15 minutes and we're like, yo, we got robbed, you know, fuck. And then he comes up, he's like, yo, I got you. Comes back. You know, it was really cheap looking, but it was laminated, whatever. Yeah. And I ended I don't up using think they gave a shit. I think yeah. they just got bust, you know, because the thing looks my thing looks so sketchy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know what? She, I've seen her. And then I. I would I, I would see her I would see her grab it and test oh. people. What's your birthday? I would yeah. be like scared of death. Like, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me because I'm gonna have to flip. Yeah, well, it was that was like a big thing. It was like riding the train, memorizing your fake birthday. And yeah, I yeah. mean, I went I went there before they had that rule, and we just went in. Yeah, and then and I do remember one time. I remember one time seeing like, I, I, and this could be just a totally like, I, I feel like this could also be like some type of like fake memory that I've created. I, oh, that happens. I, I do that all the time. Sammy rolling out of a bass drum. <laughs> well, He's so tiny. He's my age. But you know, when you're a girl and you're like 14, you look yeah. like a woman, but and yeah. Sammy looked like a little, a little baby. Oh yeah. Freddie used to go when they used to bring him in. Yeah. On the same way on kick drums and shit. So, yeah. Like, and then, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously they, knew they were in there, but, you know, I think it was just all part of the charade that they had to do to keep it open. So, so when, and, and you met Steve early on and when you met Steve was, was, it was the hardcore romance right away or no. you knew, you knew each other for a while before. The, so the, it wasn't the hardcore romance right away for him. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, for me. Well, I mean, he was like the, I mean, he, he was, was a hardcore like heartthrob. And he was like this big, jacked up, cool, like handsome, like he ran all the shows. But I was yeah. like, a, I was like a ninth grader. He was, he's seven years older than me. So we, yeah. I mean, he would have been not a thing. And he had all these cool, like awesome, like all the girls that I thought were like, oh, I want to be cool like that, like metalhead girlfriends or like <laughs> or whatever. And I would try to like, I was like, should I be goth? And yeah, yeah. Be ready, will love me. You know? Exactly. <laughs> my point, my point again, you know, God, that was these were the things in in our world, you know, that there was yeah. certain looks, a punk girl, the new wave girl, the goth girl, the skinhead girl. Yeah. And the, you know, and yeah. it all became hardcore kids, you know. Yeah. And then I guess what happened was then he like joined him and, and Ray Capo joined the Krishnas and they like went off and did that for a while. And then the summer of like I was I was 18, I guess. And he he kind of like left the ashram. 
and he went to Lollapalooza and I freaking bumped into him, which is amazing because there was like, you know, 70,000 people there. Yeah, coincidence. And he was with this, he was with this metal, he was with this metal chick. I was like his flavor, I guess. <laughs> that. And, um, and he was like, oh my God. And he just goes, you grew up. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then he literally like, she, he like wrote my phone number down with her eyeliner, which oh. like, I, <laughs> first of all, that's like some, um, it sounds like, like some Motley Crue era shit, like, you know, in the parking lot. <laughs> and then like, you know, then, so we didn't date right away, but like, you know, we kind of started to be friends then and stuff, but I, I've, you know, I known him all those, I knew him all those years and stuff, but I mean, and then I, I, I was like, I was like interested in Krishna stuff already. So like, you know, for him, that was like important, I think. So yeah. it kind of like was just a good match, but also we, you know, we knew each other. Like he did know me. Yeah. And actually he, the, the joke was he said to some woman that he used to date, like, oh, I'm kind of dating Kate Kinlan now. That's my name. And she, and she goes, you know, it used to be hard to tell that she was a girl. <laughs> I was so like skinheaded out and I was yeah. like, so straight edge, like, you know, yeah. like whatever, like a champion swatch. I don't, you know, I had nothing to model my, yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had to make it up. You know, there was, <laughs> so that's yeah, that... kind of our joke now, you know, but 30 and years that... later, almost, we, I, I guess now I'm, I'm turning 49 in a couple of weeks and we've been together since I was 19. So. That's that, that that's amazing. I don't think I know. I the only the only relationship I had that long was Freddie, and I tell everybody <laughs> in our relationship he's the woman. So I, I always gotta say, no I gotta, yeah, I, gotta, I, I tell everybody, but he's the girl. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and um, also that's and then all right. So you were saying, and I know you mentioned it. You told me, you know, I knew that from before, and you just mentioned it. You went to school in Germany. Now, was that before Steve or after Steve? That was no. So that was like I knew Steve and then I was I was only in 10th grade. So I went to Germany, but it was like interesting because I it was the first time like I was like all like dressed like a skinhead. And it was like the first time that I was like, oh, my God, there's like skinheads in Germany in 1987, 88 were like white power. Yeah. And I didn't want to I didn't want to align myself with that obviously but there was like this other sub there were like these other the punk scene there had like these other subgroups they had uh, like rockabillies and psychobillies yes. and like squadabillies and, and they had all these like you know whatever yeah. things and then like i had like kind of like a fringe but then i just like i just like made it into a little spike and then everybody thought i was like a psychobilly and i could take myself out of the yeah the, you know and the kids in my school and they were like the German kids in my school were like dressed so cool. Like they were like, you know, and I was like, but you know, there weren't like a lot of shows then. I mean, I was also in Southern Germany in this kind of rural area. Yeah. I did see, I did see some, you know, I try to go to shows and stuff like that. I wasn't like near Berlin and like, yeah. it was sort of before like sick of it all. And all those bands started going to Europe. So, you know, for me, I just like, I just like listened to music at my house and like, you know, I went to any kind of shows, but a lot of it was like kind of like weird ska music and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Like, yeah. Real alternative to music. Yeah. But it was, it was cool to see like that, like, you know, I'd only known like New York hardcore or whatever like that. It was cool to see like how it was like forming and transforming 
now like now like i when you guys go play you play in the city like where i used to like right near where i used to live and stuff like that so yeah like i actually hope that when you go on tour again i can just go back and like hang out travel yeah. in germany and stuff because i i really like i love europe and stuff yeah. like that and i uh you know I, I, a couple of years ago i just like rented a car and just like drove around like i went you know zurich and all the different places just to like hang out where i had been as a teenager and it was awesome yeah i, I love europe i mean you know that's our second home i yeah. we you know i could speak for freddie you know on this you know we grew up there basically you know we've been going there our whole right. adult lives and and even more than ever this was the longest we've been away from europe and even off a stage in 26 27 years and right. and the european hardcore people they're like they make it happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and this is another reason. They're one of the main reasons I hate using that word fan because I, I get it. You know, I know what a fan, I, 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 you know, when people call themselves a fan, I, I don't stop them and say, don't call yourself that. But why I don't why I don't like to say that, because to me, it's more than that. You know, it's like those pe a lot of these people I tell I, I explain this to people, I go. I've seen them. We've been around long enough and we're, thank God we're lucky enough to be around this long. We've seen them come to their first Madball show. A couple of years later, then come with their, you know, if they're a girl or a guy, they come with it. Oh, look who they're dating. Then they come back. Now they're married. Now they come back. The, the, the girl's pregnant. Now they come back with their child and now the child is coming by themselves. We've been yeah. around long enough where now the children are coming on their own and the parents are still into it and they're coming together. And I'm like, I never met uh, more loyal, pe hardcore people, I should say, than I have in Europe. America has a great, you know, we have a, a, a very, very small, but the, the diehards are diehard. But in Europe is like what we have here on steroids with real legit, you know, people that have their heart and soul into the music, into real underground, you know, hardcore music, you know? Yeah. And I think like, I don't, I don't, you know, without generalizing too much, I feel like there's a type of like jadedness where Americans like always want to be cooler than the next, the last thing. And like, they're not just like hanging out in the coolness of what they've created, but there's something yeah. about Europe and it's like the old world. And they're like, this is cool. We love it. And we just, they just kind of, it's just, I, I feel like there's not this like jadedness where they have to always one up or something. Yeah. And like this, you know, we have, we had our, we had our first thing where we just, we just signed our friend's kids band, which is like our first version of that in the States, which is like this New Jersey hardcore kid that was like, a, his name is Lenny and he took lots of hardcore photographs, but he, you know, has been going to shows forever, been our friend forever. And his kids started a band on their they're actually good. They're really good. <laughs> and, um, and we just, and I'm like, I can't believe it. Cause I remember when the kid was born and two kids, two of their, like the singer's a girl, a girl bass player. And she's the daughter of an old friend of ours. And the guitar player is the son of an old friend of ours. And it's, they're called reaching out. And they're like, actually, we wait a minute. I was like, all right, I'll listen to your kid's band. And I was like, but, but hold on one second. Reaching out. Um, yeah. My Beto, who was in my band, his son's in that band. Yeah. His kid plays drums, right? No, no, I'm guitar. His kid plays guitar. Yeah. They're from I Jersey, right? I knew that. Yeah. And I, I forgot about that part. And it's like Lenny Zimkiss's kid. And yeah. And Matt, listen, I can't pay my kids to even look 
at, at, <laughs> at one of my videos or whatever. I was talking, I was ta ta telling Beto that too. When he was talking about his son, I was like, wow, it's cool. Your son is, you know, yeah, he's playing guitar and this and that go. My sons, you don't understand. Like the only people I ever want, the only people I want to impress, you know, with anything I've done is them. And yeah. I throw all my bells and whistles at them and they don't even they get they want no part of me. They like, yeah, OK, that's cool. Could I leave yeah. now? And they go back to playing fucking. Uh, well, maybe when they're older, they'll get it. But I don't know my kids. I don't think my kids think I'm I'm very cool at all. And my kids have also just like kind of grown up in the hardcore world, like all the adults that they know are from hardcore. So occasionally yeah. at college, someone's like freaking out. No, and no. But hold up. Hold up. I'm gonna stop you there. Okay. What, 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 your daughter who came to the show, what she's your, the youngest? Budgie, yeah. Okay. She, she may not say, oh, you may not hear it. Like, my mom's the coolest of my parents. But how can you not? Like, I, I think it's cool when, like, because she likes the music. But, and, yeah. you know, how can you not think it's cool? Like, hey, look at they're, you know, involved with it. So you may not hear it, but she, you know, and that's what I mean. Like, you get to see, like, Oh, let me hook you up. I you you could use your right. resources to hook them up and like look, you know, and it makes you feel good for hooking them up. Yeah, you know, like they, they. I think like they get excited. Like they, my older daughter doesn't get excited about it. She's got her own thing, and she's actually yeah. like really into like weird, interesting underground hip hop and all this yeah. different stuff. She's like got a really cool taste, but I, I like it. She's got a good taste of music. My middle daughter was just the one you met, who's like. Mm -hmm. She's like a million times more tricked out now than when you saw her. She's yeah. Every time I now she's got all these facial piercings. She just <laughs> said me, "Mom, mommy, guess what I did with the birthday money?" She got yeah. a fucking giant sword tattooed from her sternum <laughs> to her below her belly button, and I. She's I mean, the wild one. Say, she's the know? wild one. She's the wild. She just one. showed me that today, and I was like, ah. <laughs> and then my son is like super into skateboarding, but they meet other kids. Like she actually, Budgie works at this record store called limited to one and it's like all like it you know like super rare records and like people come in there and they're like oh my god you know like the guys from like whatever chromags or you know like want, yeah. you know john joseph or you know you know like whatever bands she knows and she's like she realizes now that it's like cool and a big deal and she's you know yeah. like but you know they're still your kids so they still especially when they're like teenagers they gotta yeah. be like Mom, yeah, like the closest I came, you know, but it's still like, OK, they could act as cool as they want, but you still you want to go to the show. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could get in and you still yeah. know, like, OK, I, they, they, they they're not showing it, but, you know, they're they're psyched about it. The closest I got to anything with my sons was there's some <laughs> I'm fallout boy. Yeah, I, they have some song. It was some song my son would listen to. It was on some video game. And I would hear this fucking song and it would drive me nuts. And then one day I seen like uh, on YouTube or something, it said Fallout Boy. And I said, oh, shit. And I go, hey, Jay, come over here. You know them? Yeah, they play. They were in a hardcore band. You know what? Yeah, those guys like our hard, all our bands. And I looked at him like kind of like, you know, <laughs> what do you think of me now? And he was like, uh, uh, can I go now? And that was <laughs> No, that well, was, it's that really was... funny because like I guess the guy from Fallout Boy also plays drums and Race Trader, who we uh, we played with. Uh -huh. And I was like, I was like, you look familiar. Like yeah. I don't like. <laughs> I'm like, my daughter says she maybe you're in a band she likes, and he's like Fallout Boy, and I was like, 
Oh, like yeah, so yeah, no, because they were in a hardcore band. A couple of those dudes. Shout out to Fallout Boy, and throughout the years, even with Hazen Street, we ne- we didn't we kind of crossed passes, uh, yeah, paths, and then we we found out like, you know, there's hardcore kids sprinkled everywhere. You well, that I mean? the cool thing is like that dude just like plays hardcore shows with like like yeah. with like he never like lost the ethic, and I was like, wow, that's like so cool. Like I feel like for me, you know, for me, like hardcore was so much about the ethic like yeah. it was about the community and the ethics so like i just had to do this whole thing where i talked about 108 records for two hours and i was like at the end of it i had the thought of like in some ways that's secondary to the fact that there was this whole world of like unbelievable yeah. people and i will i'm gonna give a shout out to all the dudes in hardcore because i was thinking about like all the men in hardcore and they were boys then but you know men they're just like there it's like being in this like giant wolf pack of alpha males like it's kind of like there is no other place like that like it's true every person is like an incredibly brilliant creative every guy is like they're smart they're funny they're like self-starters they like they they start things from scratch they create things they write music and then like if you're like me and you have to learn like you're like okay i'm a mom and i have to go to this kindergarten meeting and then you meet like you see what the men are like outside of hardcore, and I was like, "Nope." Yeah, no. I, believe me, you know, I I see it from my my perspective. You know, I, I'm who I am. You know, th- there's no taking the gorilla out of me, and I and I love it. And but you know, I I'm the one. You know, I, you know, again, you know, being a single dad, I got to do a lot of these things that will get split up usually. So if there's the PTA meeting or whatever these things, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the one going to there. And I and it's pretty funny because I get nervous, like, you know, for, you know, because I usually, you know, my experience in school wasn't good and I get nervous for no reason. And I realize, why am I getting nervous? You know, I'm not, you, you know, you're like, your trauma is rising. To yeah, the I, I swear to God. And then I'm there yeah, and I'm, right, and I'm trying to be cool. all like proper because I know I look crazy and I don't want, you know, people to, you know, uh, think my son is getting raised by a savage, you know, you know. <laughs> You know, I'm like, so I'm doing everything very proper. And I'm like, no matter what, I know I look and talk different and I watch it. But I see some of the these these these. Uh, yeah, I know. I was like, people. our daughter went to this, the, the one that came to the Mad Ball show. She like she's like a huge fan of L7, you know, and uh-huh, she liked yeah. the other bands. But she she went to this. She decided she was going to go to this like really high powered women's high school. And, she, and I, we were like, if you can get in, you can go. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's in Troy, which isn't far from here, but it's really famous. Like Ruth Bader Ginsburg's granddaughter went to school with Budgie and like like Natalie Merchant's daughter was there with her. So it's a full blown girl power school. Super girl power school like uh, Jane. Dangerous, dangerous. That's very dangerous. (laughs) So she (laughs) she get herself in, you know, but it's Uh like it looks like Hogwarts. It's in this like castle type thing. And then Steve and I would like, <laughs> go, like go to events there. And we were like, should we like what, you know, like, and the thing that you realize when you get to that level, like the people are psyched to have like whoever's, you know, grunge, grungy yeah. punk rapper people, you know, like, because they, that's when they really get it. And like, yeah. I felt like they, I feel like there's this thing um, that like in the hardcore scene, you have like these, like it's so normal for to have like everybody has written a book everybody has started a merch company yeah. everybody like 
toward the world. All this stuff is just like, we just accept it as totally normal. But if you were to like tell the average person that even at that like really fancy school with these like famous people's kids, they're like, holy shit, you started your own company, you wrote a book, you have like a merch company. And it's just like, I just feel like um, one of the things that's been so great about this time period where we aren't just touring all the time and like, you know, I'm, I miss that like living in the moment type of thing, but we've able to, we've, we've been able to kind of sit and reflect and talk about all these different histories and hear all these different personal stories. And I know I listen and Mike judge comes over and tells me, Oh, you got to listen to this one. You got to listen to that one. Or he sends me, he's like in one room over and he sends me links <laughs> is to actually recognize what the like incredible contribution of the people from the hardcore scene is to like all of what is yes. happening in art and music in general. And it's kind of remarkable. And also the, the life experiences of the average hardcore person. It's like other people are just like, I mean, like every, every, if I ever described like to the yoga world, like what I did with my teenage years, they're like, you have to write a book. You have yeah, to write yeah. a book. And I'm like, it was just normal. You know, we got on a train. We, uh, we like didn't see our parents like for days. We slept yep. on people's floors. Like, yeah, yeah. It sounds know, like, it sounds like last year for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so, you, you are totally, totally right in how you put it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like the, the, to reflect. That's what happened with, 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 with me on this. Like not with me personally, but like I reflected on not just myself, but like what you're saying, man, how far I came and seeing where, where people in our world are and what are they doing? And like again, like what you guys did with you and Steve, I was like, man, look at that. You know, these guys came up doing, you know, um, a, a record label, putting out merch. And not to a point when there's a fucking a global fucking pandemic or whatever and work is scarce. They're able to give people, you know, work. And, you know, from the the, 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 the people supporting the bands, they're, the guys that were working, you know, everybody who's been working throughout this, they've been supporting the bands by buying merch, you know, seeing people step up. You know, yeah, it's you easy really it's get a, to witness the kind of goodness yes. of humanity. And you're like, yeah, wow. And also I'm like, wow, it's like, it's funny because, you know, like hardcore is just this, like loud, crazy mayhem. But when you when you sit down for a second, and you start to figure out and talk about what that has meant for so many people in terms of like their total connection to like mental wellness or their yeah. community or their their like for me, it was like the portal to find like my spiritual practice or it's yeah. funny because I, I then like transitioned from hardcore into yoga, which is like all women and it's like soft and everybody's like love. Yeah. You know, before the Madball show, I took your I took Mike to this to this vegan restaurant that was near like when you guys played in Poughkeepsie, like whatever, a year and a half ago. And we walk in and there's like a one of the other yoga teachers I know. And she just she just she, extremely beautiful. This woman, she just goes my heart is so full seeing you here. And like, he was like, what the fuck? You know, and I'm like, no, that's just like how the women do it, you know, yeah, that's how yeah, we do yeah. it. But I mean, guys, you, I feel like in hardcore, you have that. It's just like chest bumped against each yeah. other thing, but the meaning is the same. And so I hung out in that world, which was like almost like flipped. So there's like two guys in that world. But I see that I see them like for me, they've somehow come all together because it's the same. That world has like sort of the the feminine version of heart. It's, just, it's not loud and crazy or whatever, but you have a lot of women who are these like super powerhouse. So I 
I kind of needed that, especially like when my kids were, you know, growing up, because I just didn't know any other women, you know, and then you kind of need women. Of balance. Need Everything women is balanced. The older, the older you get, you realize balance, how important balance yeah. is. Yeah. You know, too much of one side. Like I said, it's somewhere else before, you know, I was like, it really is like a fucking surfboard. You know, you lean too much to one side. You're going to fall. You know, you got to ride that shit in the middle. And that's what it is. The same. Like I tell, you know, I, I'm a spiritual guy in my own way, you know, but there, you want to believe in a heaven. They got to be a hell. You know what I mean? And you need yeah. one to, you know, to one feeds the other and, and you need one for the other to be real. That's how I see things. You know what I mean? If you like, well, I think that's confirmed by like pretty much every spiritual path. Otherwise, if you, if you don't have that, you don't have any free will. So what are people, what are like, what's the role of humanity if you're not like trying to use your free will for good? So like, it's interesting because we were just talking about this because there's this like that thread that runs through all that. And and for me, I, I so badly needed that like super loud, super aggressive music. It just like, and it, it's funny because when people now hear it, they're like, what is, what is this? And I'm like, for me, it's like this, this angelic, yeah. like I need that, that sound of hardcore for me, like it lights up every cell of my being somehow. I don't know. I can't, I can't describe it to other people, but like, yeah, no, for sure. Like anybody music does that to your soul and any hardcore kid knows, you know, how hardcore affects us. Cause I, you know, hip hop affects me a certain way this, but nothing affects us like, a hardcore our favorite hardcore song or that one hardcore song that yeah. just hits you nothing is gonna do that that's a spiritual moment right there i think so for sure because you can't explain it it makes you feel a certain way it makes you think a certain way you feel something but you can't touch it i mean what more i mean that's like right and it makes you have this thing that like everyone's trying to do when they're meditating which is like it empties the mind yeah so it's like if i think about like and this doesn't always happen, but like, if I see a really good show, it's like after 40 minutes, you're like, your mind is free. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like that's like the kind of the gift of what hardcore gave me. Like I didn't, I haven't found it any, any other place in such an authentic way. And you, I mean, hardcore is also like many of the prominent, like meditation yoga teachers are all from hardcore because they, like hardcore was like somehow it was like a gateway to for them to that. So I I do think it's true. You know because like it or not, aggression, anger is a part of us. You know it's a it's a it's a feeling, it's an emotion. So guess what? We all have it. The sweetest person, Mother Teresa, banged her toe at one point and said, "Fuck! Oh God! I don't care who it was, <laughs> King Krishna, the or the Monkey Queen, who you told me about, the Monkey King." I don't care if it's Jesus Christ, Buddha, they a coconut banged them in the head. Something happened where they got angry. And, well, that's and, that, <laughs> and that's what I try to tell people. I said, you know, you don't have you with hardcore music. You might not you might um not like it. You, know, you might never want to hear it again. But if you ever got angry, you might be able to appreciate it because everybody has that emotion where you want to break something. You're angry. Well, guess what's the soundtrack to that? Right. And I think that there's like I was just reading this this like famous female Buddhist meditation teacher. And she was saying, you know, a lot of people talk about spiritual life, like you're, like you're climbing a mountain. She's like, it's not like that. It's like going down into a well and you go down into the well to be in the darkest, heaviest places to face your anger, to face your emotions and like 
she's like, we don't try to ascend up. We, we go. And I was like, that's what I love. That's why I love hardcore music is it did that at least at that, you know, for me and now coming back around, like I had the greatest, I had like the greatest probably two days of my life at this is hardcore. (laughs) Two summers ago, it was like, I had been disconnected from hardcore. Oh, you, I'm jealous. That's how, that's how we, uh, Florida life. Florida, glorious. <laughs> yeah, I got this. I have this. Wait, I have this funny cup. Speaking of which, can you guys read it? What is it? I I'm, I, I need glasses. It says, I uh, think you can't read it because it's backwards anyway. Oh, forget it. I mean, you, it says, I got my I'm GD. So hard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, now, let me ask you this. Like, okay, so, you know, like we just talking about like just in general, like music, how it affects you in a spiritual way, or, you know, and it's and, and even a hardcore show. We could, you know, every a lot of people described it in many, many ways and and many different people as, you know, a very spiritual. Um, uh, what do you call it? experience? You know, even from moshing, it looks like how Native Americans or, or, you know, used to dance around. You know, you could take a lot of similarities, you know, to, you know, how people worshipped and kind of. uh did tribe-like things together. You know, you could see that at a hardcore show. Mm-hmm. You were in a band that took that and now you're, you based your whole band around spirituality, right? Is that, does that, does that make sense? When you started the band or when you guys decided to do the band with 108, was th- that was the main goal. It was like, you're like, we're here. We're going to do a hardcore band and spread the word of, of this. Well, it was like the guy that started 108 is, is Vic DeCara. Vic, yeah. Who- yeah, so Vic was an Inside Out. Yeah. And he, uh, we're, all of us were in hardcore bands. So I was already, like, I had already done. So where were you before that? Yeah, because that's what I wanted to lead so, in. Okay, so, like, when I was in high school, I played bass in this band called All Fall Down, which was, like, the end of high school, which was just, like, an Albany kind of, like, it was a hardcore, you know, it was kind of more toward, like, it's a little pop, more, like, power punk or something. Uh-huh. So, I don't want to say that because Mike Justin, who's like my favorite person, told me he hates power. <laughs> I like it wasn't that though, in case he's never going to listen to this anyway. But yeah, because he has to hear me talk like all the time, and he's probably done with that. But um, and then I before that, no, first I was in like in when I was like fourteen and fifteen, I sang in a hardcore band, straight uh-huh. up hardcore band. We only played one show. Oh, so you well, we played with Underdog and Wolfpack. Wow, you had a real, a real show. That's a fun. Yeah, we had a show. We got to play a show at the Hibernians, yeah. and um, it was it felt like a momentous occasion. And then our guitar player moved to Wisconsin, and the band broke up. And then I was in, and the I was in um, All Fall Down, and then Buddy from Stigmata replaced me on bass when I went to college. And then I was in this band called growing up skipper which was like a proto riot girl band but i was never a riot girl or anything but the girls like i played guitar so they invited me and i was like okay and we put out a seven inch and um and then i was that was right before i was a krishna but i was also in this band called the giving tree which was like lars from ja- i just played in a lot of bands i uh-huh. tried to always try to do bands i didn't know you played play- in that many bands i mean all yeah that. And then, so, so I was, had just done growing up Skipper probably was, we, we got invited to go on tour with like Bikini Kill or something who I didn't know anything about. And then I was like, no, I'm a Krishna now. So I got to give up the material world. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we, and in Spin Magazine, it was chosen as 
Thurston Moore and Kim Gordon's favorite seven inch of whatever it was, 1991. So it probably would have been cool, but I wasn't really into it, to be honest. It was like ABC No Rio and that like wasn't yeah. my thing. And it was like all these like, there were like New York hardcore had shifted and then there was all this like weird punk rockers. And I yes. was like, who are these people? And yeah, it was why a are they time. all yelling at me about everything? And I was <laughs> eating the wrong thing and saying the wrong thing. And it was like, um, so I didn't really fit in with that group so much. So then like I moved to the Krishna farm and then Vic kind of got into Krishna and then he just like started 108 and it was like, you know, there was a bunch of hardcore kids that were like living in the temple. So like he, like they invited me to play. And at the time, you know, you write about what you're thinking about and do yeah. he, so it wasn't like we were like, oh, we're going to convert people to this. It was just like, that's where we were at. Yeah. And so, and, and a lot of the lyrics for 108 are like more like just what he was or him and what Rob were like going through at the time, like just in general, but, you know, definitely had some influence of like Krishna consciousness and all of that, you know, I mean, everybody like wanted to be the Chromax, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, and it's funny because I hear that. You know what else I hear a lot in that first record is um, Deftones. Is what? I hear Deftones in it. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I, one of the tracks, I forget, I'll tell you later. I got to see the name of the track, but I was hearing it and I was like, yo, this sounds like Deftones. I bet you they were listening to Deftones, but maybe not. But I was hearing it. I could hear where you was, you know, yeah, some I mean, of the I best wishes. The, some of the best wishes kind of I could hear. And, yeah. and, and but this is the thing with 108. This is what bugs me out about 108 because we talk maybe maybe we've talked about it or maybe not, but I don't even think we've played. And if we did, it, it was maybe a handful of times. Uh, on one hand, we've played together shows, 108 and Madball, if we even played together. I I don't think we did. Exactly. I don't think we did. That's what I I'm saying. Like it was like what happened was like 108 was happening and then you know how the scene has like it's kind of like a river but it has these like little cherries yeah. so we were like i mean like you know i i was i was telling mike that i was telling mike the other day that uh you're mike your drummer and sometimes our drummer yeah yeah i was gonna say <laughs> our our drummer yeah, yeah um <laughs> I was telling him like, for me, I didn't make the separation. I didn't make the distinction. There was like, whatever shows were happening in New York City, I went to all of them. So Crown of Thorns, Madball, Marauder, you know, yeah. Texas is the reason. Like yeah. I didn't make a distinction. I, those to me were quicksand, all those early nineties. I went to whatever show was happening. I mean, honestly, like one of my, still to this day, Killing Time, one of the greatest hardcore bands ever. Yeah. But, like all those bands to me, you know, and I did love Bad Brains. You can hear a lot of Bad Brains in that 108 record. Um, and I, I didn't write the I didn't write the music to that. You know, like yeah. I played, but that's really all Vic, Vic writing. Right. Yeah, he had a he's a so, talented guy. So yeah, so basically for me, like I didn't see the distinction. So I I feel like we were just like a hardcore band, and the the lyrical content of it was that, but we were also like what we found out was. <clears throat> that it did actually attract people to the to the path yeah. people like more and 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 the the krishna consciousness movement is such a weird you know so many different elements and there's so much we could talk about about it yeah. but like that heart that little section of hardcore there were tons of krishna kids i mean john joseph used to like 
go pass out food and like in Tompkins. I think he still does it. Yeah. And that became we kind of idolized that we wanted to be like we wanted to be like that. We wanted to be the and we we would go do it later. I mean, we would go pass out food and there were like a lot about it that just attracted me. And it also gave me the second piece. So like hardcore lets you deal with all your anger and you throw everything on the table and you like make lots of loud noise and like it's like really aggression and like there's this like or this sort of like organized chaos that you understand, but you can be totally chaotic in. And then at the end of that, after you do that for a long time, you kind of go, now what? Or at least I did. And so 108 was like the segue a little bit. You know, maybe like you write, I think a lot of people that have that now what thing, they write more complicated music or it becomes more melodic or they do, they, they, they do like hip hop or they do like something else that they, to fulfill some other part of them. Like, like I actually love all that, like that, like, that record that I don't know, is that like a mad ball record that has like gunshots, gunshots, whatever that's. Yeah. Um, 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 that like I, I, I like just to... and Freddie and that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's Freddie like, shit. Freddie shit. Yep. I fucking love that. <laughs> it was yeah. cool to see the little like offshoots of like what people, yeah. what people did. So 108 that's, you know, for 108, it was that, that was the, 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 the way it went kind of with that, you know, like just that, it was like spiritualized music. Uh, yeah, because it was weird for I, I. The one thing I do give 108 from not knowing the dudes a lot. And the band a lot of that time was that the 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 it's for being such a Krishna band like and you might have been, you know, uh, uh, you know, it might have been seen to some people. Oh, they're just a Krishna band, Krishna band, whatever. There was a lot of people that were cool with the band that weren't Krishna bands like in the past other straight edge or some straight edge Krishna bands were not as liked. I don't know if maybe, you know, the people in the band were cool or were just everybody. Cause I know everybody seemed cool. You know what, you know what, not, not separating themselves from everybody else. And I also think maybe the music since it had yeah, some heavier like shit music, was more. It really held up over time. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I feel like Vic is just such a, genius music player and then like our our bass player too the two of them are like so brilliant like music writing it's like if you're in a band you can listen to that and it's not like gimmicky it's just yeah exactly good, well yeah. written but i also feel like there was like that whole um and i want to be diplomatic <laughs> don't don't be diplomatic that's one thing uh there's there you know they're they're there got to be that little that time in the history of hardcore where there was this like little little bubble of like jack straight edge kids who did actually have the intention of like separating yeah and also placing themselves above so i i couldn't get i couldn't even be part of that because they weren't accepting female members yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like um but i feel like that that kind of colored and changed and in some ways created a lot of like disunification of the scene like it sort of fell into these different things and you know i always felt like one of the things that was cool about new york hardcore was that it was like so diverse that's what i loved about it that you to know, me was, was yeah. this like total unity like you would just like you know you would just you just go to every show you didn't like differentiate like if if you know and i i have a i have a special soft spot in my heart for all of the like super tough guy like <laughs> hardcore guys 
Like, I have to say that there was a time when, like, Crown of Thorns was playing at this this show at, um, what was that place, Coney Island? That yeah, was Coney Island. Parks. And I was newly pregnant. And Isaac <laughs> literally took me downstairs, <laughs> got me a chair. Like, you know how hard it is to find a chair? Yeah, of course. I, th- I feel like he got me something to eat, He's like bringing me water. <laughs> and well, I, first yeah, of all, that's already a miracle that Isaac got you was, anything. It was a really big moment for me. It was like a really, I was like, wow, these guys are like, and I actually really appreciate that kind of like old school chivalry as much of a like raging feminist as I yeah. am. Like, let's not do away with that really beautiful <laughs> part of like the masculine world. And I always felt like all of that, all of you guys, like I lump you in with the tough guys, really in adult life turn out to be kind of like really good fathers, really good husbands, like all the things that you kind of think would be amazing, really good partners or kind of good people. I I feel like I, this is not diplomatic, but I saw that that group of people become the type of humans that I thought were good humans. And I saw a lot of those kind of like holier than thou straight edge people become humans that I don't want to hang with. Yeah, not good, not good family people not you know, and so like, for me, I just said it, I wasn't diplomatic. Yeah, no, no. And but 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 it really is that you know, people think, you know, I tell people just because you wear a suit doesn't mean, you know, you know, you're better than the guy who's in shorts and, you know, vice versa. We all know that because, you yeah. know, uh, um, you know what you wear. We all know that personally. You know, I know that for myself, how people, you know, um, I, you know, if they're pulling me off the line at the airport. First of all, I've been traveling for 26 years. <laughs> I, I, I thousands of times, thousands and thousands and thousands of times I get pulled off randomly. I know how it goes. I know how it goes. Trust me. And how are you supposed to see through that? And yeah, but, like- but but what I'm what I know at the end of the day is no matter what, even I talk crazy, I may look crazy, but at the end of the day, I know I'm a good dude, or I'm or, I, or my goal in life is to try to be as good as I could be, especially for my children. So I know that. So and that's all I give a fuck about. That my sons have they that they when when I'm gone, they say, yo, I had the best father. He did everything he could do. That's all I give a fuck about. That's and all I give a fuck. About. Man, I I like to see you know, your like school projects. I see your. I'm trying. It's not easy, and I try. All I can tell every, I tell everybody out there, all we could do is try. The minute you give up, that's when you become the piece of shit parent, <laughs> mother or father. When you give up, yeah. you know, you know, we nobody. There's no handbook on this shit. You know, I learned that. I'm learning that every day. There's no handbook on this. None. And. But the minute we give up, we give up on them. Now they're lost, and that's all our fault. And while I'm alive, that's not happening to my sons. I, I, well, I made that. I think it boils down to, and I, this is really interesting, is how how you manage your ego. So, like, I feel like you're a person who it's not that you don't have like a presence because you have an amazing, like it's an, it's actually an iconic presence, but it's that you're able to give up, you're able to give up certain things for the benefit of your children, and I feel like there are people and like witnessing it now in retrospect, when you're like a super egomaniac and you have to be the only one and the best and everyone's below you, that translates later when you're a parent into how you, how you, how that like goes down. And so like, of course, when I see you and the other like tough court, tough guy, New York hardcore guys <laughs> who weren't about the ego, <clears throat> it turned out to be 
making better human beings and better adults kind of it's kind of interesting to watch the cycle because it's been a 30-year cycle and it's like you know what i learned from being on the guy side of it since it's very you know a lot of this world is very male oriented and i got to see because i was one of the few guys blessed to have a mother and a father yeah around and 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 supportive and all that stuff you know I, i was one of the few and I saw the tattooed face, the pit bulls on their heads. I saw all these people melt when my mother was around. Because, my, you know, I seen why they all called my mom's mom and how they would, and the things they would do for her. And, you know, and you know why? Because they made a lot of them didn't have that at home. And I saw, you know, how much that matters in the upbringing. And I learned from my mother, from me personally, bringing some of the craziest looking people or whatever. I can't, you know, my 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 house, we never denied anybody a bed or a meal, never in our existence, not my mother, not my father. And if they found out I did that, I would catch a beating if I ever denied anybody one of those things. Or if I ate first in my house is this. If there's one bean and there's four people, we're going to cut that bean in four or nobody eats. That's just how it's going to happen. It don't matter if there's three guests and you you. It's every that's how we were. And my mother would say this. I would bring a friend over. Hey, Ma, could this guy stay over? What happened? Oh, he don't got nowhere to stay. Where's his parents? Well, and she would always ask that before saying, oh, he went to jail. He just got home from jail. Oh, he's fucked up. I don't want him in my house. She would right away. And and I learned that. Trace it back to the parents and you could fucking find out nine out of ten times where the crisscross happened. Yeah. Not that uh, you could have two perfect parents and still a kid could be messed up. I'm not that could happen. But a lot of times she would ask that. Where's the pan? Oh, well, he lives with his father and his mom threw him out. Or mom, you know, you start and then right away she'd be like, you, you stay here. You don't leave till you have somewhere to stay. That's your fridge. This is your house. That's it. And that's how it was in my house. And I learned that that, man, I'm really lucky. I remember this. I, I give you this one. This is for the kiddies. I remember I was, I was like, 30, like 13 years old, 12 years old, and my man MQ, my brother, I was pissed at my mom for something. I was like, fuck that bitch. In my head, I said something like that, like some <laughs> real foul shit, you know, because I was like angry. And I remember him. Remember, we're 11, 12. We're little kids. Nobody's having no deep comp, you know, talks about parents. And, and I remember he looked at me and he goes, yo, you shouldn't say that because that's like his mom's too. My mom raised him too. He goes, yo, you shouldn't say that. Yo, your mom loves you. He had his mother, but maybe it wasn't as close as he would have liked it like my mother was with him. And I remember he checked me. I was 11 years old, 12 years old. And that stuck with me. And I was, you know, angry, you know, getting mad at your parents. And then later on, you find out you're like, wow, you know, people that don't have it want it. And I was like, man, I had it. I was spoiled. And then I said, "Okay, now that I know I was spoiled, let me not be a spoiled brat and use it in the right way. Like, you know, give it back. That's what my sons are like. That's they so make me want to give it back. Like, do you kind of model your parenting after your mom? Oh, a billion percent. I, and I never could even come close to what she did. I try to pick everything I do is everything, at least in my head, the best of what my father is and everything. My mother, yeah. <laughs> my father has some too many quirks, but he has some good things. But my mother is like <clears throat> she raised two boys. My sister passed away. But she had a girl. She raised two boys. I wasn't the easiest boy to raise. 
<laughs> you know, um, you know, she came to this country with nothing. She taught herself how to read. She gave, you know, she she supported, you know, she made it happen. That's why I, I you know, I, you know, I always joke and oh, girl, Papa, I really back that because my mom's is my everything. You know, I base my whole everything over her, you know, and I grew up with a sister. So I know what it is to have women around. And I know the importance of, you know, you know, a mother and. Yeah, I would see you post the different things about your mom cooking and your yeah. mom, you know, baking things. And I thought to myself, well, there's like a there's an author. Her name is Zadie Smith, and she wrote the book, The Autograph Man. And she's like, a, I don't I haven't I, I don't know so much about her, but she was kind of like a feminist writer. And she said that, like, we shouldn't get confused and throw away the value of these like these things that women have always done, that oh. being a mother should be empowering, being an amazing cook should be empowering, being nurturing, opening your home, all these different things. She's like, don't get confused and think that's not like this powerful part of what women can do. And so, in, and I kind of learned that in the yoga world, you know, cause you're trying to define like, what's it to be a woman in the modern world or whatever, cause it's all new, you know, we're redefining it. And she was saying, you know, keep that. And when I, I would see thinking about that, I would think about that when I'd see like posts you made or thinking about like the Kohler brothers, <clears throat> the beautiful picture of their, their gorgeous French mother. And she raised these four boys and opened her home up to everybody. And I think I would kind of like think to myself, like, I mean, that just happened with their mom, but I would think to myself like, oh, I hope I am like that. I hope my value when I'm in the, like an older woman is that my, that my son and my daughters like want to come home and they want to yeah. feel like, to me, that's, that's an expression of, of like feminism as well. It's not, you know, for me, it is like that, that I could do that like that. And I would see that about your mom. You know, I'm sorry you lost your mom this summer. That's yeah. No, no, imagine, but I see, I feel like I watched some of her like spirit enter you and then you became this like different type of father and it's been amazing to like watch i mean of course i'm like watching it through instagram but i mean no but like, yeah you know like how you changed your relationship to taking care of yourself and your beautiful kids and how you're so present for them and i think it's like the coolest thing ever you know yeah I think no, that's I think, you know that's what i took again that's why i try to say like I'm not the best with my words and I'm very uh, uh, aggressive and, and bluntish with some of the words I choose. But that's what I mean, like kind of what you're saying, like when we talk about, you know, uh, a woman cooking uh, or a woman being fake affectionate. Exactly what you said or what that lady said, you uh, women shouldn't you take that as a, a form of weakness or as a negative in, in your makeup. I'm like. Yeah, a woman could work the forklift like a man. But on top of that, you could do these other things that a man cannot do. And I'm yeah. saying that being a man, knowing, uh, being a single father, knowing there's some things that men are just not built that we don't have the same way. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about, like, even um, how we show love to our children. I'm very affectionate, but it's different than how a mother grabs. It's yeah. different. And for the situation, it's different why you would grab your kid and say it's OK than why I would. Right. And that's the thing, the plus of what makes a woman that much amazing that, yeah, we know we could do it. It's, it's old news. A woman could do everything a guy could do. We know that it's been proved. We know that. But now the extra stuff is the stuff that I feel women may some feminist 
and I don't want feminists to come after me. Well, come after me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> My point being is, because it ain't a this is like it, it, saying, wow, cooking, holding a family. There's not nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because men, not all men could do that. <laughs> and I'm saying that as being a man who had who's forced into that role. And I'm yeah, and interesting I, watching that because my, you know, my my younger brother, too, for a long time was like a single dad. And it was like, it's so funny because he like braids his daughter's hair yeah. and he's like cook, doing all this stuff. And I'm actually really proud of him because it took it was like a little bit of a stretch. It was new. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like I, it's like, I guess maybe because we're like I'm getting close to being 50, but like things are coming full circle and how I like to find what things were. Know, what is hardcore what is yeah. yoga for me what is like you know feminism or whatever it's so interesting how you just kind of settle into it and come come to this different place where a lot of the stuff that you were like pushing away or rejecting you just go like you know what actually that's pretty cool yeah and like the fact that i was it's so funny like i used to be so self-conscious that i wasn't like as good at the guitar as vic who's like nobody's as good at the guitar as vic <laughs> And then, um, I mean, there are other people, but he's so, so good that I, I felt like I don't want people to know because then they'll think girls can't play the guitar. Yeah. This in the last few years, I'm like, fuck it. I don't need to be that good. That's not my role in the band. You know, like I do something exactly. else. I'm just like sort of owning that and being like exactly who I am and feeling like it's enough, you know, and that's that's kind of cool. That's like kind of some cool shit that took a long time for me to get to. Yeah. Sure, you know, and that's everybody, I think, because the same yeah. thing, you know, stuff that I was hung up in my 30s when I when I got in my 40s, I'm, I'm on. I've been on that. I don't give a fuck shit. You know, I've been you on that. You were mastering that long. But you, I should have. You're yeah. a guru for that. Long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah, take that title. You're, you're, tw- you're 47. 47. Ah, you're you're my little brother. Then I'm forty seventeen, but throw the teen part at the end. Forty seventeen. Okay. <laughs> That's how I just twentieth anniversary of your twenty. Exactly. Year. Like I tell people, we're not getting old; we're getting ripe. We're ready to be picked off the tree and eaten. Yes, exactly. So you, <laughs> do you want to drink? Like this is a, not a straight edge analogy. Do you want to drink wine or? I'll the- drink. I'll drink coconut. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so I think all of that stuff and then also just like seeing this, you know, seeing this whole like thing come full circle and having time to like talk it out and think about all of what we did. It's been it's been great. And I also like I just want to say I never knew Mike Judge before all of this and I wouldn't have known him. And I want to get my, Mike. I, if you're listening out there, you got to jump on this. Favorite. He is like like the guy is like seriously like. I, I can't even tell you like the depth of humanity, like in right. that one person and the brilliance, like guys fucking brilliant. And like, actually it's been fun too, because Craig has been working for us and he's like a complete madman. And oh, he's a nut. You got a, you got a, a nut squad there. You got a nut squad. And the funny thing is Craig's like working with all the, most of the people that work in the warehouse are my daughter's age. And, He's like, now he's like best friends with my daughter's boyfriend. <laughs> funny. Yeah, We're tell like, your daughter, watch out. He's going to rob them as best friends. They're going to be yeah, like. It's like having time to like really sit down and eat dinner every night. And like we've been having a Mikey stay with uh, the other Mike stay with us. And like just the like Steve and Mike and the Mike's and I and then Mike's wife, we have these like meals around the table and it's like 
I'm sure they like do that in European hardcore, but I don't know if they were doing yeah. that in America before this. And I'm like, I'm kind of loving that, you know, I will be amped when bands are playing. Of course I'll be amped for that. That'll be so, it'll be like when we see each other again, it's going to be like, I mean, we're going to be like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be intense, but it's been nice to kind of sit back and just, you know what you got there? You got like a little hardcore Waco going on in that house. Yeah, shout out to all you hardcore Wacos up there. No yeah, seriously. And Steve, you know Steve is—he's the guy running the show. He's, you know, uh, he's playing the guitar. Yeah, exactly. Printing, printing shirts like a psycho. He has long hair now. He's married to three other women. Exactly. That's where he's at now. They're printing shirts. <laughs> he has them printed shirts. Mikey selling ammo. Mike judges speaking, <laughs> taking care of the, the chicken. Yeah, it's been kind of fun. It's actually been kind of fun. I always try to like keep the PMA and just yeah. like, like it's been hard, but I try to look at the bright side and see all the good stuff that's come out yeah. of it. And like the, the the one thing for sure, you know, um, I agree with you in that. Um, you know, I'm enjoying too, and, and for myself also. It, it made everybody, you know, you had to show your cards during this COVID shit. Either, yeah. you know, you're going to just become nothing and just, you know, and just wait for life to pick up. Or, you know, I, I hear somebody say it a lot and they were like, yo, if you if you don't come out of this COVID with a, without a new skill, you wasted your time, which yeah. means exactly. We, you could have learned a new language. You could have learned how to play chess. There's so many things like because of this COVID. You know, I brought the podcast back because, Which you know, so cool. Like, I mean, you're doing like this. You're like podcasts are like how history is recorded. Now. Yes. So, so it's like a historical record that. You're yeah. And, and, you know, really into making doing puzzles for a while. It was yeah. Cool. We were like yeah. every night we get home. We're like, OK, it's time to do the puzzle. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. And it's good. You know, this, what I love about this was besides that, I love talking shit. And, you know, <laughs> what better time than this for me to reconnect with friends? Yeah. One, one, you know, um, we feed the scene. And when I said that a couple of times, and I don't mean me personally, I mean, like everybody pulling out content and, you know, the live streams. We keep, you know, the, the, the hardcore underground alive by, you know, you know, we're showing even with no shows, we're going to keep this shit alive. You know, we're going to we're going to get into other avenues. We're going to web stream. We're going to put out podcasts, we're going to do collab t-shirts. We're going to do all that shit till we could play again. And right. I mean, I, and I'm, people don't roll over. Yeah, they exactly. You know, that's not the way. Exactly. So. It's not. It definitely ain't the way it, this shit was built on that, not rolling over. That's why I try to explain to people when people just give in if, and, and I, without getting political, you know, and you just give in, you, you don't belong in this world. Not in this world, because this world is about not giving in. Forget on what the subject is. That's all on you. But not giving in is what makes us different than every other music scene. I you think know, I, too, you know, and just like it's like almost like in some ways we welcome the challenge. Like there was like this couple of weeks where we're like, OK, what's it going to look like? What's going to look like? And then it was like, this is what it's going to look like. And we reformed it. And yeah. and, you know, it's it's been kind of interesting. And I feel like the stuff that we created now, like, I, I hope the, I hope the cool, like live stream stuff, I hope the podcast, I hope it doesn't go away because yeah. for me, it's like an, another new format of expression, like in addition to shows that, yeah. 
was great and fantastic. And thanks for having me because I was like super flattered that you invited me. I was like, oh my God. No, well, yeah, no, I was like, I um, now. <laughs> you know, no, I was like, what better, you know, I was like, you know, somebody had mentioned like a couple of weeks, like a week ago, somebody, and I was like, you know, again, I don't think about who I get, you know, I really don't think I just, I, I put out, sometimes people pop up and I'm like, oh shit, I, you know, somebody I feel like I could bug out with, you know, right, yeah, I could get them on, like, um, yeah. I'm, I'm doing another one later, because I have, I, I wrote down a couple names of people I would like, I did that months ago when I, before I started, so I wouldn't forget. And I barely follow that list because somebody pops up, you know, I got kind of go on how time goes me, you know, I take it yeah. like that. Yeah, spontaneity. And, yeah, yeah. So I had a couple that were planned. And then like right now, um, later on, I'm getting because he was right. I, I didn't even think about it. My the singer, of my first band, an old friend, my boy Cheeky, he's actually going to be the one after this episode. Nice. And um, I never even thought about him. And I'm talking with him and I'm like, Oh shit, yo! I'm talking to Cheeky. That's my old band. Yo, you know we could, you know we have a lot of history and some cool shit from growing up. And I'm like Cheeky, you know, let's jump on this. And so right. it's fun. I mean, and it's like fun too because like I listened to the one with like Scott Fogel like early on in the beginning, and I was like, you know what? I don't really know that much about him, even though like I kind of like knew who he was the whole yeah. entire time. And then like I always assume people don't remember me, but I saw him at like when they play with Cro-Mags and he was like, remembered me and I was like excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot, like I learned about people that was like really interesting to me about them, like on a personal level. And so like, I think what you're doing is important work and just keep going. Cause it's great. Thank you. I'm just having fun with it. And again, you know, if it's talking shit, I'm in, you know, that you've been, you've that's been, your, in that's, your that, that, that's why I'm, I got a, a, a coral belt. You know, if you know jujitsu, I have a coral belt and shit talking. I have, um, I don't know, in Krishna language, if it means I got a, a certain color robe or extra arms or whatever. Shout out to Blood Cloud and all your Krishnas. Out there. Guru, <laughs> More arms. I'm you, like, Guru, it's, I'll tell you what it's called. It's called the founder Acharya. You're the Acharya. Of shit talking. By yeah. example. Acharya exactly. Shit talking. <laughs> I'm the 30 arms of shit talking. Shout out to all my Christians out there. But listen, but okay, right now we know Equal Vision is doing. I, I want to get Steve on. You got to tell him, put in the good word for me. No, okay, but hit him I, up. I have a, I have a, I have a, a landline. Yeah, tell him what's up. I definitely want to get him on and talk some shit with him. And, um, but, um, but I'm Equal Vision is rocking. What's the plan? All right, COVID, let's say it starts opening up. Any plan? And I know you were doing a couple Equal Vision, Equal Vision, a couple 108 shows. Yeah. In the past, did you, some shows were popping up. Any plans to do that? And when things open up again, um, what, what's the move? Well, I talked to Rob, and we we decided that <laughs> we didn't tell. We haven't told everybody in 108, but we're gonna play shows. But we thought let's chill out for a minute because let's let the bands that actually totally have to make money and they're living by playing shows let's let them play a bunch of shows and we you know we do it we just play here and there yeah. you know yeah. what i mean but he actually said you know let's let's like let let's let those tours happen because there's people that live rely on this for making and, a and, and who said that rob rob said that and i tell rob i said what's up yeah. and good for him because and i'm and i really mean that because a lot of people that's already showing, you know, a thing called consideration. Another thing I learned from my mother, 
you know, you could tell when people thinking that the community. So like, we were like, all right, cause we've been yeah. people like write to us all the time. Like, can you guys play shows? So he said, let's just let, let's yeah. let that happen. Cause there's going to be a year where it's yeah. going to be like you guys, like all the bands, everybody are living from it. Let's let those bands play, you know? And then, and then after that, let's do, and we do, we usually go like, do like three shows like here or whatever, but we, we will, we'll keep playing. I mean, we yeah. love, I love it. Yeah. I have like the greatest freaking time ever playing hardcore music. Like, so we, you know, we got invited to Scandinavia. We like probably play some festivals like in Europe in the summer. You know, we share a drummer with a really successful band called Madball. With a real handsome um, so bass player. Like, yeah. That's he priority goes to Madball. And then if there's like spaces in between, um, then we play. And, but we feel like, you know, we're doing it because we have a great time and everything, but we're not relying on it for our livelihood. So we're going to um, like kind of let that happen. But yeah, we'll play more shows. And like, I think we're going to get into this now. I'm like kind of like an equal vision merch now. Yeah. But, but, and keep, keep doing stuff here. <laughs> I'll add my yoga teaching back in. But, you know, I think it's we're hoping that, you know, once the when touring kicks in, yeah, merch yeah. now is going to be printing like insane amounts of t-shirts because when bands go back out on tour so you know we're just kind of looking forward to that but we've been able to kind of keep our um the the business going really well the label's doing good we're still printing tons of stuff it kind of calmed down a little since the summer and fall yeah. it's crazy so we've been putting time into like correcting stuff like making the mail order work better yeah just doing a better job like cleaning out the warehouse all of those different things and it's been kind of great and you know we we uh we want to like part of the reason we do all this is to like keep people like we try to have a good fair ethical company it's really funny because if you read like sometimes you read these like reviews people write online and we're like let me tell you if i went by reviews i wouldn't be here yeah they they said about us forget it you know we decided that we're going to run a company where like you get all your health insurance paid for by the company we, we give people like we just try to treat the workers well and pay them well and like steve you know, i'm coming like a family like if you need to go because someone's sick or you got to do something you go and you you just deal with it and the truth is like the people that work for us are pretty loyal they don't abuse it so it goes it goes good it's like a family and i've i've been glad to have somewhere to go all day you know like yeah yeah no, you know, yeah, you guys got a good thing going there, and it's and and it's a good thing in a lot of ways. You know, it's good for you guys. Tries to mansplain hardcore to me in the coffee break room. I'm like, yeah. oh, really? Is that how hardcore works? Yeah, no, but it's a, but, but it's a, it's a great thing in a lot of the, you know in a lot of ways. It's something that you guys built up and, and you know yeah. he busted his ass. Something that you know is uh, gave to the scene. You know, and also gave back to him and to you guys, and yeah. it's still going. And it was and he's still able to give back. You know, by again giving work and all that—that's that's that's a big thing. That's very big to me. The, yeah, the, hooking the, the work up. Worth it, and I was so glad that we, you know, musicians that have been playing for like they don't have any other way to make money. Yeah. So, so we're just trying to like be supportive and like take care of our friends and family and like treat everyone here yeah. well and like do that. So that's that's it. But good shit. And and where could anybody catch the yoga stuff? If they want to catch you, if they want to um catch you floating like three feet above the ground somewhere where can they catch you <laughs> well i run a yoga teacher training in saratoga new york and it's going to start again in the fall so if you ever want to become a yoga teacher or if you want to see me playing freaky chat music that's always 
<laughs> yeah, you you could. Ca- I had a second you, life as a chant musician, which is yeah. which is funny. And and hardcore did teach me one thing. It taught me how to be an incredibly good social climber. Uh, yeah, and look you know, they hardcore, got- you're like, okay, who's this man? And like, I'm gonna meet them. And I, I totally did that, like with chant music. So oh, so you, oh, you, you, you bogart your way up, like weaseling my way right to, Head, the to headline the, the headline the chant. Headline, show. I might play with the headlining guy. I do though. And, funny. The funny thing about it is, it's this guy Krishna Das, and he. I sometimes I like, drum for him, but um, he goes to me one time. He goes, so what is like? What's your deal? Like, what is this? He knows all kinds of music. Like he liked to clash and everything. Yeah. Like, what was like 108 all about? I'm like, it's kind of like hardcore music, but it's kind of like yoga. <laughs> kind of. He was just like, what? You know, yeah, exactly. Like, he didn't know. He couldn't. But he, he, uh, he like, he watched, he changed. He actually changed his concert in New York so that it wouldn't conflict with the 108 show. Wow. wow yeah, his manager was like, oh, I'm going to change that. He's like, whenever that was, he's like, we're going to change it. And so I wound up then going the next weekend to the cathedral of St. John, where they were having this giant chant thing and playing the Redunga drum. And I'm Crazy. like, the weirdest two weekends in a row. I'm in a church now playing chant music. Listen, say what you, people, people can say what they want, but God bless America. Cause only in America, America some shit like that would happen. Seriously. You know, um, like exactly. So a hardcore girl chanting in, in, in the church, in some church in New York City, only in yeah, New York, like, you know. Uh, and the funniest thing is he's like a, he's like he was born he's like a Jewish guy like chanting these Hindu things at a church exactly you know, only in this only in New York exactly know? that's what makes you know um where we live but again without getting political a lot of fuck the shit but that's what makes that's one of the beautiful things about it our is. country we, because we I love agree on that one I think I, I yeah. love our country no matter what you know yeah you know, you know and 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 that's some of the reasons I love it for the yeah. characters we have and the shit but you do that and it's like. But listen, I'm glad I was able to catch you. I'm glad you took time out. I'm glad um, um, that the big boss, I mean, you're the big boss behind the big boss because, um, you know, (laughs) I I know all about Lorena Bobbitt. If you guys don't know who Lorena Bobbitt is, go look that up. I mean, on this, seriously, on this, on this account, I have to say, I really cannot take credit for the success of of (laughs) merch. Now that's really a hundred percent, Steve. I really got to give him all the credit for that. It's, I just, yeah, but, but I just uh, packages. That's it's him. I, no, of course, Steve's a, he's a beast. We know that, but we know how how it works. It takes uh behind every great man, there's a great woman, and vice versa. Yeah, you know, it, it's that balance you need. So, but listen, I'm glad I had you on. I'm glad you Thank tell you. tell everybody there. I said what's up. Tell all the mics. I said what's up. <laughs> tell Steve what's up. Tell Craig. Wait. I said what's up. And one day I want to get you all on when you're all there, and I'm gonna. Yeah, we'll all, on you guys. We'll all get behind the camera. Yeah, we should do that. That would be really fun. Let me know when everybody's gonna be there, and I'm gonna jump in and we we'll do a quick. Oh, little... they're here, but they're just like they're like. <laughs> no, but we're we'll planning. Pulling shirts off the thing. Other uh, mic judges like shipping. I well, think Craig isn't here today, but he's. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna let everybody now. They're gonna hear it when they hear this episode. That's right. I mean, where but, are but, you? Right, no, but we're gonna we're gonna set them up one day when they're gonna have to come to an emergency meeting in the back. Yeah, don't tell and don't say it here because then they'll know and then they'll just come in and they'll be all right guys if you're listening to this act like you didn't hear this okay this you didn't hear this part so but listen all right everybody what's up i'm glad you were able to jump on everybody follow 108 follow her on a on a channagram she's chanting (laughs) all the time okay we talk soon be safe tell them tell my mic i love them 
to all the mics, I love them anyway. To everybody out there, I love them. I will. You know? And we talk soon, all right? And okay, I'll send you all the you. info when this shit gets posted. Awesome. Thank you so all much. All right, Kate. Okay, I love you, Hoya. All right, peace out. Okay. Love, Bye. Kate. <laughs>